Hello and welcome to another Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. Uh, my name is Daniel and I'll be your, what, what's it now, third host in three weeks. Uh, and with me again, I have Lockie and uh, friend of the show and new to the pod, we have Josh, our international what, informant? What do you want it? What should we call you? Informant? Liaison. 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 Something formal. Yeah, yeah welcome, thought... Josh. How you doing? Thanks. Yeah, going well, mate. I thought. I have to come on and give the podcast some credibility, you know. There's been a bit of chat about Anthony Milford and and Moylan, you know. <laughs> Get Coming around and um, yeah, put you guys back on the on the track. So good to be back. Oh. Now, now, Lockie does has finished in the top seven hundred, so you're gonna have to take that crown <laughs> from him first. Uh, that beer, righto. You have to drink. <laughs> Righto, so for this week, we'll be looking at uh, draft and more specifically, we'll start with our uh, top 20 within the draft uh, leagues uh, and we'll go through each player that we think will feature in that top 20 for us and give our opinions on each of them. Sound good, boys? Perfect. Beauty, man. Righto, so on our list, we obviously have our number one is Nathan Cleary. What do you reckon? Absolute must? Yeah. If you if you got pick one, he's he's the kind of no brainer. I think what is a good solid. He's almost ten points clear um, at the top there, and half is somewhat kind of shallow position. So sure up a pretty solid captain choice with Nathan Cleary, I'd say. Yeah, you got to got to agree with that. But if uh, if Cameron McInnes was fit, you taking him over Cleary? Yeah, I think so. He's just, he's got the tackles, Nathan, I mean, sorry, McInnes. McInnes. Um, Cleary does have the kicking stats. I was lucky I had both last year, so he just, <laughs> just changed captain each week, flip a coin, but um, <laughs> both up there, I'd say, when fit. Yeah, yeah, Cleary doesn't really fail you, does he? Not too often. 50 seems to be a disappointing score for him, so yeah, got to have him. Yeah, I think he's huge too this year with the six again, and I think... When I'm drafting this year, I'm looking at players with high ceiling. And even, like, his lowest game, he's going to get you a 50. But on his day, and he, he gets some nice Nathan Cleary junk time points. Gets you close to that ton, which is huge if he's the captain. Yeah, I've been running the ball a lot as well. Um, scoring a few sneaky tries, a few doubles last year as well. So um, that was big for him on the back of, you know, 300, 300 metres of kicking and, and whatnot. Yeah, well, imagine trying to tackle that chin, mate. You wouldn't be able to, you know where to grab. He's <laughs> um, too strong. Yeah, hard to go past. Awesome, boys. Righto, I guess we'll go to pick number two, which is Damien Cook. Your thoughts? Yeah, oh, yeah surely the hook is, hook is just as shallow, especially um, with your lack, lack of 80-minute hookers. So I feel like Damien Cook has to be up there as well. Um also high ceiling and doesn't really disappoint too often. You know, a 50 is also a disappointing score for him. So, um, you know, average 63.9 or so last year, I think. So, yeah, I think you pretty well got to take him second. Yeah, I think there's pretty clear kind of top two. And then after that, there's, um, there's a bit more of a divide as to who you could take next. But, yeah, Hook is pretty shallow. And I think he's almost the only kind of guaranteed uh, like 55-plus hooker. you got Harry Grant in here. He's kind of a question mark what he could do this year. You've got Coruscant, who can be a little bit up and down as well sometimes. So, um, yeah, he's pretty pretty good choice at number two. 
He also said, I think there's been some kind of like interviews and stuff with him throughout the year. Him and Cam Murray both said it took him a little while to get used to the six again. So if he's got a full preseason with the six again and he's a bit fitter as well, um, he could definitely bump that 63 average up a little bit more as well. Yeah, no, yeah I, I guess. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, burning question then there. If Cook goes first, and you're saying that they're going to be short on hookers uh, this year, or quality hookers, I guess. Who do you who do you go for? Do you take Cleary second, or do you look for another hooker in that role? Because just thinking, you're going to have first and second pick, and if you're going to be second pick in a 12-man league, you've got to pick someone <laughs> that um, is going to fill a position there. So, what do you what do you reckon? Nah, I've got to take Cleary. I reckon you can roll dice on the way back that someone like a maybe Reed Marnie or oh, probably not even on the way back for. Read money. You can even leave. I reckon you can always leave it till late and pick up maybe a Jaden Braley or you know a Wade Egan or someone like that. Jeremy Marshall King maybe. Um, you know, I know Josh did this last year and worked out all right for him. Um, ending up with Harry Grant. I think he was picked up off the RFAs. So um, yeah, I, I don't mind. Doing. Don't mind that. Roll the dice on a late hooker like yeah, Egan or I think Mitch Rain's pretty good value this this year towards the back end of drafts. Um, and if you kind of hedge your bets and you had two, like, kind of on-the-cusp hookers, hopefully you can, like, put one on your bench and play matchups, or hopefully one of them kind of breaks out and gets some more minutes. Sounds good. Righto. We'll go to pick number three. So on our list, we have uh, DCE. Yeah, back to that... Um... Back to that, you know, not too shallow, shallow half option there. I think DCA is a pretty good, had a good year last year as well. And geez, he's going to be doing everything at this, um, this manly squad as well, especially if they run with um, Schuster as your number six. So he's going to be doing all the kicking and, you know, he's always creative with his playmaking. So racks up a few stats there. You've got him at seven here, Moo. What's, why are you so low on him? Well, man, I... For my first pick, I love someone who's always consistent. So I always pick sort of like, or this year, a mid or an edge as my captain. As my captain. So, you know, last year, I, oh, who did I have last year? I had Jerbo. I had Jake Boyvick and Mitch Moses. They were my first two picks. And I was pick, um, how many do we have? 14. So I was pick 13. Um, and so I was able to captain Jake Boyvick, you know, all year. And he was consistent. Didn't really get me anything below a 50, 55. Um, so, but I've also never been top top four in a draft. <laughs> Such a stitch yeah. up every yeah. year. Yeah, I'm um, lucky, mate. Yeah. So I've never had it's the privilege like of It's not where he makes himself a top five each year. Every year. Somehow randomizes it. Yeah, that's crazy how he does that. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you've, you watched it last year happen. <laughs> not rigged. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just to kind of contrary your point, Moon, I think something that I'm trying to do this year, and maybe I kind of get cold feet and don't do it but I think when I'm picking my first pick I want someone like a DCE or a James Tedesco who's got that high ceiling and even if he gets me like the you know if he gets me a 41 week I'd rather even cop that and then he gets me you know 70 plus the the next week and just kind of roll the dice a little bit versus having a turbo sorry a Jake Turbo, who's like a 50-plus consistent all the time. I don't know. I just, I'm feeling more risky this year. Roll the dice, see what happens. 
They're loving to hear it. Hopefully you bomb. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of sick of you winning, Josh. <laughs> well, I don't know. If you've got someone who's got a 70-plus as your captain, I think it's almost curtains closed. Um, and if you get a 40 with your captain, I think there's like kind of room to make that up. But we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, that, that used to be the case. If your captain scored 60, 70 plus, you'd be like cheering that you're going to win that game. But uh, given the six again rule and given some players just inflated and ridiculous prices, you can get uh, a center on their day scoring 100 plus. So uh, you just don't know anymore. Yeah, look you, you at, don't. You can't be confident with a captain scoring 70 and hoping you win that round. Yeah, look at Gutho last year, the year before, I reckon he was averaging about 30. And then last year, he was back up into 50 averaging scores like that was ridiculous he could have picked him up so late in a draft um Absolutely. i know i did in a few leagues so i don't know you'd never really know i suppose with the six again rule yeah Daniel, anything can, he, can happen yeah can you hear your thoughts you're the you're the highest on dc out of the three of us you think he's, he's going up even more than he was last year uh, I don't think he's going up even more but he's just such a consistent halfback he's going to score you the points every week like it i looking at um who you've got there like to choose from you you're Cleary is your obvious option, and then your next best option for a while is DCE, really. He'll probably be hitting the high 50s, roughly, every every game, and I don't see how it's going to change from last year, given their current squad currently either. So uh, I think he's a pretty safe bet, to be honest. Yeah. Safer than a couple of the other options, anyway, that we're about to go through. Mm. And in speaking that. of other options, we have at four, Ryan Madison. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm pretty keen on Maddo this year. I think he's just, he's got such a kind of lockdown role, like he's going to get 80 on that edge. Makes a lot of tackles, he offloads a lot. He'll be playing outside of Mitch Moses. I expect Parramatta, as much as I hate to say it, you know, they should be a pretty good team again, you know, win the March Premiership and then fade towards the back end of the season like they usually do. But um, <laughs> I think Maddo's yeah, going <laughs> I think Madison will like he'll be pretty consistent throughout the whole year and give you pretty much the same that he did last year. Yeah, you're. Right. I I didn't have him quite so high. Do you reckon he's the best edge edge forward going fantasy wise? I think I'm happy to take him there just because. Um, I don't. I think he's short up that role with some of these other guys like Crichton. Um, could have a higher ceiling and ultimately average. Um, a bit more, but I don't know. Some there's a few more question marks around him. I'm happy just to lock in Madison. But yeah, okay. yeah between him and Crichton, I think it's pretty close as yeah. to who you go. Yeah, no, I I do love love Maddo, and um, again had him in another draft league, and also my classic team last year, and you know did me bit sort of every every week. Um, yeah, I just wondered whether he was going to back it up again and whether he was a better option than someone like Angus Crichton, who, again, I think is going to be consistent on that edge of the Rooster squad. So, Yeah. Well, moving into number five, uh, we have James Tedesco. Uh, what do you guys think on Teddy? Pretty low down in this list, considering his current standing. No, all for yeah. it. I, um, I don't like picking up a winger fullback. Like, really, I like get captaincy option for me. I the way I've I draft is I like to like a mid or an edge to be my captain. But yeah, no, it's a pretty handy player to have, especially if he's going to score. You know, a high ceiling. Yeah, have him as captain. He scores hundred. You know, it's very good. Good chances <laughs> to win there. 
yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I think Teddy's probably, if not the most consistent, like definitely up there as far as wing fullback. So you're pretty rarely going to get a low score out of him. Um, and then, yeah, he's got that high ceiling. So I've got him at three on my list. Um, just kind of going back with my theory about having these high ceiling people as your captain, I think could be huge this year. Um, but yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, just to touch on that, but we, we are talking draft here. So I think, I think it's good <laughs> to, good to say that, um, if you're playing classic, you definitely want someone a bit more consistent. But if you're lacking in the rankings, like if you're outside the top 1,000, you probably need someone a bit more risky, like a Teddy, to be your captain one week just to try to lift you back up those rankings. But you never know. He could get you 30 one week and then score hundreds the next. So um, definitely a player to be cautious of as your captain mm. in a classic league anyway. Uh, anyway, talking previously about our edge forwards, uh, at number six, we have Angus Crichton. Yeah, loves it. I, I, um, I think he's locked down an edge spot. Even when Boyd Cordner comes back, you know, Tupanua, I think he'll go back to the bench and Crichton and Cordner will be your, your edge um, forward. So uh, I think that he's going to have to be a must-have if you're, you know, if you're sitting around that top, you know, maybe four, five, and six position. You know, Crichton's always going to be a juicy a juicy pickup, I think. You know, probably going to be a very good captaincy option. We've seen what his scoring's like, um, and Julie as well. So, and I love that, love a Julie. So, can't go too wrong. Yeah, hundred percent. Be interesting to see what they do with their halves too, because I think last year he was playing outside of um, Flanagan for most of it. If I'm correct, I didn't play lock. So, what did you say? He played lock last year, didn't he? I think the start of the year he played second row still. Oh, yeah, okay. And he was playing outside Kyle Flanagan, so he's getting fed a lot of ball. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what, if he's in the second row, if Cleary's on his side, sorry, not Keary <laughs> is on his side, or if he'd be playing on Lock and Lamb's side. Um, but, yeah, I think either way, he's, yeah, got a pretty pretty good role. He does. He's got a really good base as well, and then... When the Roosters seem to run over teams, he seems to get bulk points, so he's definitely got that high ceiling as well. Yeah, pretty good backup runner as well. So even if Teddy makes a breakthrough, you know, Brian's usually around there anyway. What do you think of the um the goatee? Do you reckon that'll put some <laughs> extra fear in opposition? Guaranteed extra Bumping five up a points. Few spots? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's gross. I think he's going to get knocked out more times than he <laughs> breaks tackles. To be honest, from the opposition's Kempe point loves of view. It, though. <laughs> if Kempi loves it that's good enough for me guaranteed conversion to fantasy points <laughs> gross facial hair. love it yeah righto let's move on from this Crichton <laughs> chat let's uh, let's move on to our number 7 pick uh, we got Payne Haas noting oh, that he is out for the first couple of rounds Mooney's got him at 3 so take the floor I'd say Mooney yeah or well, I mean look, looking at this and um, listening to yourself Josh I probably got him a little bit high but even if he comes back and he gets similar minutes to what he did last last year, he's gonna he's got a high workload and he's gonna score you know pretty big points. Maybe maybe he won't average the seventy two point two we did last year, and but he's still gonna be around the sixty five mark, I'd say, pretty comfortably. Um, yeah, pretty safe to say he's gonna be a big scorer. Um, yeah, tackle breaks. He's and if he's fit as well, then um, six again rules only. He's only gonna thrive in it. So 
no, I think he'll be he'll still be a good pickup. You know, even if you maybe snag him late at a seven or eight, I think it's a good pickup. Sit him on your bench and hopefully your next draft pick is someone who you can um you can have as a captain for the first four rounds. No, I agree with that as well, mate. Um I think if you could pick up Payne Haas in the double digits anywhere, it's pretty good value. Deal. Um because, yeah, people are kind of worried. They're like, oh, yeah, his minutes are going down. But if you look at his scores kind of in history, when his minutes go down, his PPM goes up. So he might lose – I don't think – you know, like, obviously when you play 80 minutes at lock – sorry, at prop, you get a score huge. So I don't think he's going to get any of those, like, massive scores that we saw last year. But, yeah, he's still going to be in the high 60s, I reckon. Mm. And – um. Yeah, especially sometimes when people are drafting, they're like, oh, you know, he's out for the first three rounds and they really discount him. So if you can snack him late, um, yeah, I think he's really good value. Yeah, if he somehow makes it to a second round pick, uh, I think you're crazy not to pick him up if he's still there. Yeah, especially if you've got like a turn. Imagine if you get like Haas on the like second round turn and you can get like, you pair like Haas and Madison or something like that would be pretty yeah huge if you're on yeah if you're in a 10 to 16 man squad uh draft league or something like that uh and Haas is still there and you're drafting last you take Haas and you take someone else that's going to be captain captaining as well and you you can't really lose then i think at that point yeah uh anyway moving on from Haas at number eight we have oh maybe controversial harry grant bit of a newcomer to the to the nrl yeah, think? this is one of the like hardest picks I think in draft this year. Is where do you take Harry Grant? Because he could arguably be if he emulates his form from last year, he's on value probably like a top five pick, even like arguably top three. I'd say just because Hook is, I think, the most shallow position this year in drafts. Um, it's kind of hard to say what he's going to do. Is he going to play 60 minutes? Is he going to play 80 minutes? Is he going to kind of like rotate with Brandon Smith in the role? Is The thing I'm worried about the most is that Craig Bellamy is going to say, all right, put away the attacking stats. Just go in the middle of the field and make bulk tackles. And we see the kind of creativity and the license that the Tigers gave him last year kind of fade away. But... I don't mind him as a top 10. I think he deserves to go in the top 10. It's just you'd want to, if you got Harry Grant as your first pick, make sure that second pick you got is a is a gerbo or a kind of a base beast that you could rely on as a captain. Yeah, look, I, I think, again, the same as um what we said before. If, if you're picking up Harry Grant towards you know the end of a first-round pick, I think you're doing all right there. He's, even if he does play 60 minutes, I think his stats are still going to be up around the 50. I think he's um he's too impatient not to to put away the attacking stats. So he's, he's always very active, um, likes to be involved. So I think his still points still going to be up there regardless of the minutes he plays. Um, you just will see less of the 70-point scores, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty safe captaincy option, I think, if you, if you have him in there. Uh, but you do want a, a pretty solid second-round pick as well, you know, that you can rely on if um, if his points do somehow, you know, diminish a little bit and he starts scoring around the 40, 40 mark. Yeah. Yeah, if you are drafting before uh, Teamless Tuesday, uh, it's going to be interesting where he gets picked up just because he, yeah, he like you're saying, he could go big. He could go 
pretty average, but he's not going to go small. That's the main thing. He'll be starting. He'll probably get 50 to 60 minutes at least a game. His PPM's around 0.8 to 1 uh, anyway, so he should be scoring, if he plays 50, probably 40 to 50 points. If he plays 80, you've you've got him at like 70 points a game. You're right, he could be in the top three, but it just depends how Craig Bellamy's going to play him now that he's at the Storm uh, for this year. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting if they pick him as if you pick him as a captaincy option first pick. Um, yeah, it's going to going to be rough if he doesn't get the minutes. <laughs> uh, anyway, move right. on. Yeah. To, yeah. Sorry. You yeah. Think he's, I reckon if you think he's if you pair him with uh, like a real safest houses player as the second pick that you have, I think that's an all right result, even if he doesn't go as well as you expect him to. Yeah, I just think people in draft gen to play play cautiously, so they're probably going to avoid picking up a Harry Grant and probably defer to someone that's going to be in our number nine or ten just to be safe. But um, that means he's probably going to be value later in the draft if you if if he makes it to round two. Like I said, any sure. of these players if they make it to round two is a pickup immediate. They're pickups immediately. Uh, anyway, speaking of the next uh, player at number nine, we have Isaiah Yo on our list. Boys, discuss. Oh, well, I've never been a big Isaiah Yo fan. Um, just watching him play, he just—he has. He, it looks like he has nothing to offer except tackles. Um, I mean, he proved me wrong last year, but I—I I don't think he's got a whole lot more to offer than what he showed us last year, and I think it might, you know, decrease a little bit as well. Um, I had him, you know, number eighteen on my list. I know you boys had him a lot higher, but I just like a lot of other options over Yo personally. Mm. He just looks, oh, no offense, but a little, little old and slow. So I think that you know you could pick up, pick up someone who's a little bit more exciting who might <laughs> might have a chance of doing something more than him uh, in a draft league. Uh, I think. Yeah, I was gonna kind of talk some shit about him as well, but I've got him quite high actually on my board, so maybe I won't. <laughs> um, Love that. But yeah, it's crazy. I was talking to Luke today about where he drafted Isaiah last year in like the tenth round, and now he's a potential first rounder it's a pretty big uptick um and i think there's like there's kind of an unwritten rule not even unwritten but you shouldn't pick a player after his kind of breakout career year um which i'm worried about yo in that sense but i think he still has that i think the panthers are going to change too much up from what they did last year almost worked for him they got to the grand final and kind of fell just short and yo was a big part of that so i think he's still in for a pretty big role this year but um daniel you've got him at five above people like Crichton. so what are your thoughts you yeah absolutely up even further yeah easily i think he's gonna easily average where he was averaging last year he'll probably be sitting at that 60 points a game average i think he could be a, like a first or second pick if um if you're not keen on cleary or cook to be honest because uh the panthers lost what they lost james tarmow uh in terms of player rotations and they've got Moses Leota in the front row now. So they don't exactly have a huge amount of size to their pack. Uh, and even the leadership that Tamau possessed as well in that squad. So Isaiah Yo is probably going to be stepping up, taking a lot of tackles in the middle as well. And I don't see his minutes dipping. He's probably going to be playing 70 to 80 a game, even though they have Matt Eisenhuth. I don't think he's going to rotate through that lock role. I think he's probably going to be taking minutes off a front rower. Um, Matt, on the bench there. The most boring player in NRL history. Just Mate, he's to come in got the and stats. 
come in make and tackles and run straight activity yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all he does he comes in he makes tackles and he runs straight so he's probably going to be <laughs> playing the front row i don't see him taking um minutes off yo in the middle there very bold and of he's you. a workhorse. very bold of you to say he could be a first or a second round pick if you really wanted him to be i reckon i hope you pick him first or second round please when you get when you, you really when you don't get think top so. two pick this year please pick him first <laughs> <laughs> the random draw, draft order gives daniel the second pick <laughs> <laughs> and he's got as yo is there an open Cleary? That no, I froth at three. When I get three this year, I'll be frothing over Cleary or Cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we'll see. We'll see, boys. We'll see. As long as um, as long as Dunham's picking up Remus Smith first, then uh, I should be <laughs> safe at the top of the order there. No, I think he said Jacob Post. He wanted to pick up. That's all right. <laughs> or Hudson Young. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um. Anyway, moving on. So after Isaiah Yo at nine, we have Tamalolo at number ten. Bit of oh. a bit of a drop for Lolo this year. My boy. And one of Mooney's original boys as well, Lolo. Um, I think I, I have a kind of similar theory with Lolo to hey, to Payne Haas in that, you know, there's all this talk that he's gonna get reduced minutes and things like that. But I think Lolo's one of those players, if he's um minutes go down, his work rate goes up. So I think he's I think people shouldn't be too I don't know, too overcautious in dropping him too far down the draft board. I think he's still a first-round pick, still a weapon. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, look, I oh, love love watching him play. He's so good, tackle busting machine. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be picking him probably around here as well. I had him at bang on 10 on my list. So, um I think there's probably people with high ceilings that you could pick from one to nine that um, I would go for first before I'd consider picking Lolo. But um, if you again, if he if you're getting towards ten to ten to sixteen, he's still there, then definitely pick him up. I think um, always a good shout. Worst comes to worst, he gets him maybe a forty, um, and that's recoverable. I think so. Yeah, good pick. Yeah, agreed. What about Daniel, the Lolo hater in the group, had nineteen. Jason Tamalolo. Yeah. Have you seen the size of his trunks, mate? Yeah, I uh, I just think reduced minutes is going to hurt him. Uh, even he's he's as impactful as he can be when he's on the field, really. I don't see how he's not um, a presence. when Whenever you're watching a game with Tamalolo on the field, you, you know he's there, and I don't see how he can be more impactful given less minutes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see him being as uh, with the scoring potential that he's had in the past, to be honest. Interesting. But he's still in my top 20, so <laughs> he's still he's still <laughs> up there. Anyway, I think that's going to be the same for a lot of these boys in the middle middle order of the pack here. They're going to be, you know, good scorers, but not great. Uh, so at number 11, we have Tohu Harris. Yeah, I'm kind of keen to see how Tohu Harris goes this year. I'm very keen because I think with this forward pack, I mean, I'm intrigued to see if he's sort of as um, as involved as he was last year defensively, firstly. But if he gets more more involved on the attacking side of things, whether maybe he can um, he can offer a little bit more there. But um, I the Warriors, yeah, have a decent team this year as well with Admiral Blake coming in the squad. You know, people who can actually rack up a heap of tackles. Um, so I don't. I'm very intrigued to see how To Harris Harris's um scoring is impacted this year by you know the recruitment of you know a few younger blokes or a few other more impactful blokes into their 
Fold Pack. Yeah, I'm interested to see how he goes as well. I'm the lowest out of the three by a fair margin on Tohu. I just think there's been a lot of talk that they want to make Wade Egan an 80-minute hooker, um, which, if that's true, I'm just not sure how many minutes that Tohu plays. If they've got, obviously, Jazz is going to play in the middle there. They've got Fanua Blake that's going to play in the middle there as well. Um, if they put him on an edge then maybe I'm more interested in him, but I think he's still going to, I think he's more going to play in the middle, Tohu. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my hesitations on him. Yeah, he did a lot of work last year, um, considering the size of the Warriors pack was a lot smaller, but this year, given the players that they have in the squad and uh, everyone backfiring fit with Tavanga there, Harris, they've even got Murdoch Masilla this year. Um, what, uh, Lisa Narmau, Adam Fanil Blake, yeah, they're packing as well, yeah. Yeah, it's. I don't see how he makes probably the same amount of tackles that he used to and did the same amount of work as last year, but he's still going to be up there, still going to be consistent. But, um, yeah, think, probably just not the biggest scorer. If you're a Toe Harris owner, what do you... Would you rather have him, like, 55 minutes in the middle or 80 on an edge? Or oh, 80 on an edge. 80 on an edge, I think. Yeah, he still scored quite well for the Storm and for the Warriors when he did play 80 minutes on an edge. Yeah, that's I think fair. that's still the more valuable spot. But what's, um, yeah, what's the predicted? Because some people think Murdoch Masilla is going to get one of the edge rolls. I know you're a big Murdoch Masilla hater. Um, and then there's um, what's that other young guy? Murdoch Masilla hater. Katoa. <laughs> Katoa. Yeah, they got Katoa there yeah. as well. Sirenin. Um, sure. Yeah, they've got a lot of eighty-minute edges. Oh, they got Sirenin um, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it'll just be interesting to see what their team turns out to be for round one. Um, but I think uh, Tavanga and Harris will probably share that lock duty a little bit, or Tavanga will maybe take a bit of time off Wade Egan at hooker. Who knows, really? Uh, yeah. Still think he's a consistent pick anyway. Uh, yeah. But moving on to number 12, we have another middle forward or and, and edge forward, actually, in Cam Murray. Yeah, I think we've got to mention that with Crichton as well. It is a pretty handy advantage having the the jewels this year with the the new mids and edges. Yeah. Um, which is why I think Cam Murray's a bit of extra value and why I'd probably pick him over maybe like a Jake Turbo. Um, he's got that jewel, and I also just think yeah, similar to what I was saying with Cook, it took him a little while to get used to the six again. Cam Murray is. He's pretty fit. He's got that quick play of the ball. He's supporting through the middle a lot. So if I don't know, I'm just predicting big things for the Rabbits this year, and I think Cam Murray's going to be a beneficiary of that. Well, in your opinion, do you think he'll play through the middle the whole year? Do you reckon Jaira goes to the middle and Cam Murray goes to an edge? Or do you don't think it matters if I'm uh, to scoring? No, I think Cam Murray's going to play in the middle still. Um, I think Jaira will play in the middle as well and play prop slash lock Mm. Um, and then Cam Murray will play just lock I think they've got pretty good edges Um, the Rabbitohs like I think part of the reason he was on an edge last year is because they were kind of depleted on the edge but I think he's definitely they see him more as a middle than an edge yeah 
Yeah, would love to see him back on an edge playing 80, 80 again, personally. I don't know, because he's got that big workload. Um, Cam Murray is one of those players you'd maybe rather him have 50 in the middle versus 80 on an edge, um, I think. But, yeah, sometimes it's six one half dozen the other. If he snags a try, obviously, on the edge, you're looking pretty nice. Fair enough, fair enough. Good uh, opinions there. Uh, moving on to number 13 in David Fafita, another edge forward. Oh, he's going to be huge, I reckon. I had him high at number nine <laughs> this year. I reckon he's going to be big. Um, you know, we didn't really see a whole lot of him last year, so I think if he builds his fitness up a little bit and um, and can um, finish off with an 80-minute roll then on the edge, then I think he's going to be scoring, you know, up around the 60-point mark pretty um, pretty comfortably. High ceiling as well. Um, yeah, love this option. So if you pick him at 13 as well, I think you're doing pretty well. Um, that's still that's still such a good pick for a late first round, late first round draft. Yeah, I think we're all pretty confident that Fafita is going to be a pretty good scorer um, with the Titans instead of the Broncos now, but still probably hitting the same scores that he was when he was playing eighty. Uh, what do you reckon, there, Rig? Yeah, I was a little bit down on him initially. I just think the new um, kind of pressure on him at the Titans is, you know big money player. I thought he was going to kind of flop and regress a little bit, but it's hard to argue with Mooney's analysis to be fair. He's just like so explosive uh, and he can kind of just make it up in one big play. And yeah, in a season that I'm trying to target high ceiling players, um, he's definitely one of those. So no, I don't mind him as a, early second rounder in like a 10-man league or 12-man league. Yeah, fair. I think you could easily pick him above some of these other ones we've just gone through, like your Cam Murray's and your Tohu Harris's as well. It just depends what you're, uh, what you're feeling when you're going through the draft, really. For um, sure. Especially, I think, for a 10-man a or a smaller league, if you can pick up David Fafita as you kind of explosive and then you can, like, there's going to be lots of base beast kind of layer in the draft that you can pick up and consolidate. Yeah, so I think that's what we've kind of been talking about and touching on a little bit is having that consistent scorer, consistently good scorer, and then a player that can score those really high scores. And it's kind of important to have one of each because of the fact that, sure, you need a consistent captaincy option every week, but those games where you're playing someone that's just got a good squad and you just know they're going to score points, you need someone that can just take you above and beyond to kind of get a win uh, from time to time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well said. Anyway, uh, moving on past David Fafida and some of the edge forwards to number 14, we have Appy Coruscant. Uh Back into the hookers here, boys. Yeah, a big dip between... Um... In hookers here, I, I again, yeah. After this, you sort of you've got a long way to go between um, in quality. So I think Appy's yeah again another good pickup. Um, he, if you want an eighty-minute hooker, then you're going to have to draft one early. Um, and that's the other thing with draft leagues. Well, I find that some people seem to realize that and they might pick Appy at you know pick number four or five, which would kind of like that. Because um, it means that someone like your your Maddos and your Crichtons might go later. Um, so if you've got a, a late to mid round draft pick, you can still pick up a very handy, you know, high sixties 
averaging player, or if someone decides to take Yo first or second, as well mixed into that, <laughs> like would froth that. That'd be so good. So um, yeah, don't yeah. don't try to call me out too often here. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel that. like our league's yeah. a classic for that as well. The drafting like six hookers in the first two rounds. Yeah, because everyone just freaks out once the good ones start going, but. I think it's pretty fair with Appy here because after Appy, there's a pretty big drop as far as the next best, in my opinion. So I don't, yeah. I've got him at 14, but I don't mind him as potentially a late first rounder, like a 10 man league. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, only having three hookers in this list currently. So um, yeah, you can tell that there's going to be a pretty big drop off after Coruscant. You're probably looking at a 10, 10 point drop off in terms of an average from your here's, 60s to your 50s. Here's a question for you. Is there any situation where you go Appy over Grant? Oh, if you don't know, if you're just not, um, if you're not comfortable picking Grant considering the rotation at the Storm or his first year at the Storm and who knows what Bellamy's going to do with him and the rotation with Brendan Smith, if you're not comfortable with taking on that risk, then you just go Appy pretty safe because I'm pretty sure Appy's going to be playing 80. Don't see why he yeah. wouldn't. Yeah, I can't see them putting Mitch uh, Mitch Kenny on the bench or something there. Uh, they'd probably run with a Karen May or something like that instead. And I don't think that they'll be putting Abby on the on the bench. They uh, only seemed to do it last year when they um, reduced his work a little bit because boy, he was cooked by the end of the season. They'd used him so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, moving on to number fifteen, we have Jake Trebojevic. Yeah, love a bit of Jake oh, Trebojevic what? in my life. Yeah, I think we can all say... of the name as well. Love it. Oh, sorry. Do you want... Uh, I can go with Gerbo instead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's not really much to touch on with Jake, is there? He's, you know, he's he'll score you 55 every week and last year proved it, really. Yeah, yeah very comfortable with picking him, you know, late first round, early second round. Um, yeah, I, I picked him up late first round last year and it was very consistent for me. So no, excellent option. Um, that way you can, you can pick your, your second round pick can be something a little bit more risky. You know, you might be able to pick maybe someone like, a, oh, I don't know. Even if you Cameron Murray was late, oh no, it's still pretty late for him. You know, even a Nathan Brown, you can take a risk and pick someone, pick someone who maybe, um, maybe at an average higher some rounds. And um, yeah, look, I, I don't mind to take to boy a pick. Always safe. Yeah, for sure. And if his brother can bloody stay healthy as well, he can hopefully get a few more attacking stats. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't love letting him run the ball. Asking a lot. Yeah. No more races outside Manly Leagues Club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, enough said on uh, Jobo. I think uh, the better for him. He's just a consistent <laughs> option. Uh, anyway, at number 16, we have our one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Alex uh, Twole. This guy does make the, the best rig list in the next episode. There's something seriously wrong with you guys. Because um, <laughs> he is a weapon, and he's one of my favorite players, but I'm the lowest on him out of everyone, which I'm surprised about because I'm a huge Twole fan. But um, I think, yeah, he's in for a pretty big year. Had a pretty good year last year and then got injured. If he can stay healthy, uh, he's got so much base um, and he's he doesn't have kind of Matt Eisenhuth there taking his lock minutes away. It was 
he was playing some pretty big minutes early rounds there last season. If he could get that back again, he's yeah, massive sixty plus potentially for the whole season. Yeah, I love him as a pig. I reckon he'll be playing big minutes as well and um can always knock out a few attacking sides, a few tackle breaks here and there. Doesn't seem to miss too many tackles either. So now always a very safe pick. And um yeah, I like him. I'm not sure yeah, about you guys, but pick. I think the Tigers are going to be pretty average this year. So he could be doing a lot Ooh. of defending in the middle, um, huh? which I know good for good for base. I just think they've lost Marshall and lost Harry Grant, who were probably their two best players last year. Um, we'll see if Luke Brooks can pick himself up and I know fire, but otherwise, I don't know. I think they're going to struggle. Yeah, they don't really have anyone else who can come in and play at lock and play quite as uh, quite as a, a clutch player like um like Twile, I think. Um yeah, I don't... Oh, what about Moses Embai, the man who plays every position? Moses Embai, well <laughs> sure. <laughs> See how long that works out for. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a uh, bit of a decision to make there on whether we think the the Tigers will actually have a, a roster that can score points this year, but I think you can't go wrong with the with a 12, he'll probably get you consistent points with those tackles in the middle. Uh, moving on to number 17, we have Kalen Ponga, uh, noting that he is out for a few rounds at the start, but obviously still a huge pick. Yeah, well, the way wing of fullbacks go as well, um, man, he's an explosive player and, um, yeah, cannot pump out some big scores for you. So, um, you know, can come in handy as well in those times where you might, you know, you'd be coming up against a really strong team. You know, you might be a bit lower in your league and need to you need to beat first or second to make finals or something. Captain him, and geez, you could read the rewards from that. So I um, yeah, I had him at number fourteen on my list. Um, you know, just because I, but I think he could also um, you know, people might be scared off as well because he's out for the first four rounds as well. Um, so you might be able to snag him somewhere a little bit later. But a uh, very good pick. Yeah, if you can pick him up second round, I think he's an absolute steal. He's one of the kind of rare wing fullbacks that have got just massive bases. So even if he has a quieter game attacking, he's, yeah, pretty up there as far as, yeah, base. So usually pretty safe. Can do it all in one run as well. A line break, a few tackle breaks, try, try assist. Um, and then yeah. if he kicks as well, um, that's yet to be seen. But, yeah, a few extra points there for him. Yeah, fair to say that he's going to probably have a pretty similar season to last year, just hopefully barring injuries. Um, Anyway, moving on to number 18, we have Mitch Moses. Yeah, look, again, back on the, you know, not very many, not very many halves. Um, I think he's, what, our third half of this list or so. Um, He kind of drops off a little bit after after most. You've got some people who are thereabouts, but... Uh, I think Moses is going to be pretty consistent, does all the kicking. Um, I think that was there was one game last year against the Panthers where he was doing nothing in attack, but still managed to pump out a, a 60 or almost a 70. Cause I think he kicked for 900 metres or so. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he's always a good option there. Um, was able to caption him last year as well. Um, and he'd be pumping out 60s for me. So, no, I think he's a good pick. Um, I think he'll carry the same workload as what he did last year as well. Um, so, yeah, awesome. 
Yeah, I think he's one of these players in the list that could potentially be a first. Like, he's going to be drafted later, but he's potentially a first rounder on value. I think he could have a massive uptick in his season. He was pretty. Like, he did so well in fancy last year because he had those kick meters because Dylan Brown doesn't really kick much. And he had that solid base. But you look at his attacking stats, he wasn't that unreal. Like, he didn't have that many try assists or tries himself. So if he can pick that up this year, um, he's, yeah, I think right up there as far as halves. Like, potentially rivaling like a DCE or someone like that. Yeah, and in talking about halves, I guess you can touch on uh, our number 19 in Munster as well. Oh, geez, I'm keen on Cam Munster. Um, I think I think he's just going to get he's going to get the keys to the car. He's going to be the, the leader in the team. Um, I think he's going to do a lot more kicking now that Cam Smith has gone as well. I think he's just going to he's just going to go off. He's he's had a big bender in the off season and he's he's ready to go. <laughs> Loved all those photos. It's great. <laughs> he definitely enjoyed the the win. Yeah, look, I'm also big on Cam Munster as well. Um, probably not as big as you boys. I think that there's probably some better options. Um, hadn't really considered his kick meters. Um, but I suppose if he gets them, it, it just makes him a little bit more consistent. Last year, he seemed to, you know, have a few games where he down in the 30s and a few games where he's up in the 60s. So maybe he might just even out an average flat 50, which then again makes him very valuable. So put him up there again with your Premier hookers, uh, Premier halves even. Potentially um, yeah. massive too. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but um, there's the goalkeeping opportunity as well. It'll be either him or a little puppy, but Cam Smith used to get so many points in goal kicks, like probably at least 10 each week, just because the Storms score so many points. So if he can get another, if he can get the goal kicking duties as well, it's potentially massive for him. Yeah, yeah, it could be actually. Didn't think about that. Little puppy, he was he was kind of ordinary in the in the goal kicking as well. I like, couldn't, yeah. Whether they seem to, there's a third party in there somewhere that can also do the kicking. I think they might share it. Um, you know, if Munster, you know, misses, you know, three from three one week, I think they could just turn a little puppy <laughs> and just just bench him um, in terms of kicking. So, yeah, look, I think it could be hit For and sure. miss. Fair. And rounding out our top 20, at number 20, we have James Fisher-Harris. Yeah, I'm the only one who's ranked him. We've got a couple of players towards the end here that only one of us has ranked. But um, what you were saying earlier about Yo, Daniel, I think that the Panthers are going to make up some minutes, but I think they're going to go to Fisher-Harris versus Yo. Um, I think he's... I think he had one or two injury-affected games as well last year, or he got subbed off early. So he's, his average uh, on the site is kind of like low 50s. But if you kind of take out of those one or two games where he was injured or subbed off early, he's yeah right around the same conversations as these kind of Cam Murrays and other players as far as his average. So um, no, I'm quite big on him. I think he's going to be kind of the potential leader of the pack and um yeah in for a big one yeah i kind of touched on him in our panthers episode i um i did say that he was probably going to be the leader of the pack and um considering that jimmy tamo's out there i don't have to give give minutes to him anymore um 
I don't think that he's probably going to be a top 20 pick um, when you've got, when you look at people um, who have kind of just missed out in this list or, um, you know, or thereabouts. I, um, yeah, I think that he, he probably will go a little bit later than this as well, I think in a draft, um, which then makes him a much better option in my eyes. Um, but no, there's a few other options that I think I would rather go with over James Fisher-Harris. He still could be pretty big. Um and kind of hope so for PSA because I do quite like him, like watching him play. Um, very aggressive player, and I like that. But yeah, don't know about top twenty for James Fisher Harris. <laughs> I think there's yeah, he's not as like I guess the most popular pick. Um, when you got guys that we haven't talked about, such as Clemmer, who are kind of the the classic you're looking at around this point of your drafts in the late second round, or even guys like Pat Carrigan, who we haven't really touched on who's missed out on the list. So he will probably drop, but um, I don't know. Just rate him this year. Yeah, there's plenty of middle forwards around that uh, same average that you can pick from. It's just take your pick of who you like. Like you've got what, Papali, you've got Clemmer, you've got Nathan Brown, Tapao, Fanil Blake, like all these middle forwards, they're all probably going to get you about the same average sitting around the 50 to 55 mark. Like it's just who you think you need at the time. Like you need someone that's going to score you a ton of points and um, like your Adam Finnell Blake in tackle bus, or do you want someone that's just going to consistently score your points like uh, Fisher Harris? So take your pick. Uh, anyway, boys, I think that wraps it, uh, wraps up the 20. Um, just uh, want to touch on a couple of things before you guys go. Uh, maybe we can talk about the players that we think will go under the radar the players that are probably average around your 50 mark and might not go to round 10 or round five to 10 or something like that. Do you boys have any ideas on those? Um, I suppose there's a few options around there. I, um, again, hadn't really thought about him, but again, in your half option, I think Luke Keary could be pretty big. Um, this year he he's still averaging, I think last year, 44. Um, but I think he could now become, you know, averaging a 50 averaging, um, Ah, uh, finally as well. I uh, mean, we, I know how good he is um, when you watch him live, but never really seems to translate to fantasy points. So I think he um, could do a fair bit of kicking as well, especially if he plays seven. Um, yeah, but that's kind of interesting for me, I think. Um, Josh, do you have some people you want to talk about as well? Uh, yeah, there's a few that I'm quite... I really like Mitch Rain this year. Um, as just kind of hooker is such a... I guess Wasteland, there's not many picks there. If Cam Smith doesn't go to the Titans, I think Mitch Rain is huge value. Even if he's playing, you know, 55 minutes, um, I think he's got a pretty good PBM. He could potentially be around that 50 mark if he's, yeah, around that 55, 60 minutes. And if they're carrying like a a random bench hooker there. Um, I quite like Sean Lane as well. I think he's going to improve this year. He was pretty close to that 50 mark last year. I can see him bumping up potentially and um, adding a few points to his average. I think he was one last year as well that um, towards the back end of the year when the Eels were pretty much home in the finals, um, they kind of took him off early and put in near Cora or um, one of those race stone kind of players. So he got kind of early breathers, which put his average down as well. What are your thoughts on someone um, like um, Christian Welch? He averaged 40 last year. Um, I think he'll be good oh. this year. Um, yeah, got yeah, plenty of thoughts on Christian Welch. 
in our Storm episode, Josh, I'd like to hear your opinion. We already know what Daniel and my thoughts are. Yeah, don't mind him. Um, my one kind of caveat, I guess, be interesting to see what... Well, oh, now I can't remember his name. What's the Fijian guy's name? Oh, Kamakamika. Kamakamika, yeah, because he was injured for a lot of last year as well. And he kind of lit it up the first couple of rounds. So it'd be interesting to see what kind of role he has. But either way, there'll be minutes there because there'll be no no Tino. So um, no, I don't mind him. And he was he was good towards the back end of last year yeah, as well. Yeah, he was up there averaging 50s. Getting pretty close to that yeah. 50 mark. Um, so no, I don't mind that. Yeah, I got him off the... I got him off the free agents list uh, midway through the season, and he carried me through many a game <laughs> in draft last year. So I didn't realize this was a gloating podcast. I'm just saying. Made the, <laughs> made the final what two. about didn't win to someone else in the roast me if you want, Josh? But what about Andrew Fafita? How do you reckon he's going to go this year? <laughs> yeah, interesting because um, I didn't watch the All Stars game, but everyone's been kind of hyping him up now since the game. He's pretty good, apparently. So. Um, Huge point per minute. Look, I think he's going to... Yeah, I think in most drafts, he's going to go above where, I'm be happy, where I'd be happy to take him anyway, just because of his name value. I think people will see his name and be like, oh, yeah, chuck Andrew Feeder in. But um, I don't know. I think he's just pretty injury-prone these days. Um, I listened to NRL Physio talk a little bit about um, just like how messed up his knees are and stuff like that. So I think he's he's good for the odd big game, but I don't think he can do it consistently over a season. Yeah, interesting. Is my worry. Yeah. yeah, I think he'll, like you said, he'll get picked up. He was, he was what, one of the, he used to be one of the top three picks in fa- in fantasy draft, um, NRL fantasy draft in previous seasons. So I think considering the All-Stars game and as long as he gets through the rest of the trials that the Sharks... <laughs> Have okay. um he'll probably go pretty early, right? Yeah, guess this though. Where do you think he is on the NRL draft board at the moment? Just the default um, setting. Somewhere around one hundred and thirty-nine. <laughs> 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 Love that. Pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. To be honest, I think that's probably oh, around I'd, where if he people be. go off that though. But, you've got like Halakai sitting one hundred and thirty-seven, and um. You know, Cade casts 143. Like, I think it's kind of, it's, I don't know what they're basing this off, like predicted averages, I suppose, but I don't know that you can sort of pick some of these people around there. I think Andrew Profit's going to be better than a few of those, a few of these sort of blokes. Um, you know, so, depends if he starts or not. Uh, right? Yeah, not necessarily, though. Like, if, oh, it just depends how he plays, I guess, but um, he doesn't have to start. He can still play. You know, forty minutes, forty-five minutes, I suppose, off the bench, and um, you could score. You know, fifty. There is some. Um, there's average draft position to this column, like towards the. And I'm not sure how accurate this is, but this is saying he's still going around the one fifty mark. Andrew Fafita. That's I think based on all draft leagues that have happened so far. That's the average of where he's gone out of every yeah, draft league late. that's already be, had a draft. Yeah. I'd be happy to take a punt on him. Like around the hundred mark, I'd Look say. At people after him, they got um, Val Holmes and Latrell Mitchell, one hundred and seventy-one and one hundred and seventy-two. Stephen Crichton, one hundred and seventy-six. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, maybe it's not the best. Nah, Tommy Turbo's one hundred and ninety-seven. <laughs> Predictions off. 
Yeah, 197 no, no, average. No, no, no. Draft pick. <laughs> okay, right. Is it like Milford? Is it 210? No, no, no. Average, average draft, draft pick. pick. Like, this is where they are on that list. So, if people are just like yeah. not doing their research and going off this list, um, I think you might be able to, people might either take him really early or just leave him till, you know, kind of like, or you might be able to get a steal, um, you know, if you can pick someone up at around the 200th pick. Um, like, yeah, Tommy Turbos. I think that still could be good value. Yeah, there's definitely sure. value there, yeah. sitting there. I know that um, I'm going to keep my eye on Michael Morgan when we have our draft, uh, yeah. which is coming up, boys. Very excited for that. <laughs> yeah, geez. Uh, is there anyone else you guys want to touch on before we wrap up here? No, nah, not really. A lot of a lot of people who will be thereabouts interested to see, but I think those are the few that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing actually play and seeing how they go fantasy-wise. Yeah, me either. I think Lovely. We've... Yeah, gone to it a fair bit, but um, I guess I don't know. Is there anyone that you really that you see him like kind of towards the top of this list and you're really not keen on? One for me that kind of oh. like sticks out is we were talking about this pre-pod, but Cody Walker was sitting at number eight in the average draft. I think he's maybe not even a top thirty pick. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, I think you got to be cautious with uh, Adam Reynolds there. Um, they can't both share 60-plus scores every week. So, um, yeah, I I just wouldn't feel comfortable picking him over some of these players. Yeah, you've got some people at the top of this list, like um, Isaiah Papali at um, 25, um, who's <laughs> not going to be in there. <laughs> My boy. Your boy. Aiden Tolman. You're not going to pick him up at 25? No, Aiden Tolman, I'll pick up at 25. Thank you very much. Um <laughs> no, there's people here who just, you know, you've got to account for, um, you know, and hope, hopefully maybe a few, if you're in a league where you've got some people auto-drafting, um, fall into those traps and you can pick up someone else as a steal. I think that'll be interesting to see. But definitely a few traps towards the end of the top yeah. of this list. Yeah, got to always be cautious of uh, the new season and watching out for players. But boys, I think that's uh, that'll about do it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no. listen to us talk. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks for joining us today, Lockie. Josh, thanks for joining the first pod. Hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you in a few episodes uh, further down the track. Sounds good. Thanks, mate. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. If you have any questions you would like to ask the team, feel free to send them through to our socials in the description below and we'll answer them on the next episode. Cheers.